Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. You're listening to the BBM Global Network with 25 years in broadcast audio and video production. Our passionate team creates content and marketing for the world of Internet talk radio. If you've got a passion, come join us at BBMGlobalNetwork.com. The BBM Global Network. Your voice is now heard. Mind is a terrible thing to waste. Welcome to Interconnected with your host, Dr. Rainer Gilmore. Psychiatrist Rainer Gilmore will explore the interconnectivity of the mind, body, soul, and spirit, and how they have an effect on each other within our internal and external worlds. So welcome the host of Interconnected, Dr. Rainer Gilmore. Hey guys, I'm Dr. Raina Gilmore, and you are listening to Interconnected. We're on the BBM Global Network, TuneIn Radio, and iHeartRadio. I welcome you to enter on this journey with me as I explore the interconnectivity of the mind, body, soul, and spirit. When you enter this space, you will be connected to a wealth of information. This show will also looks at how we are all connected in some way. So we should use that to lift each other up as opposed to looking at our differences to tear each other down. If anybody has any questions, the phone number to call in is 866-451-1451. Again, that's 866-451-1451. For all my first-time listeners, my name is Dr. Raina Gilmore. I am a board-certified psychiatrist that specializes in child and adolescent psychiatry. I'm from Florida, and I'm currently practicing in Cincinnati, Ohio. So it's October, and there's a lot of health observances um, this month. It's also World Mental Health Day. So I think when I introduce my guests, this will all be fitting um, so let me just go over some of the awareness uh, months it is for October. Breast Cancer Awareness Month, Chiropractic Health Month, Dental Hygiene Month, Disability Employment Awareness Month, Domestic Violence Awareness Month, Halloween Safety Month, Health Literacy Month, Liver Awareness Month, Medical Librarians Month, Sudden Infant Death Syndrome, Pregnancy and Infant Loss Awareness Month, And talk about your medicines month, which personally, I think that should be every month. But I guess that's because I'm a doctor. Um, It's also uh, today being October 10th is uh, Stop America's Violence Everywhere or Save Today. 
So this evening, I have the pleasure of having a special guest whose story I heard and was very inspired by it. Just let me say that you can be inspired by anyone. It doesn't matter how old they are. It doesn't matter their race, their gender. It doesn't matter what kind of educational level they have. You can be inspired by anyone. So don't just turn a, you know, a, a blind eye or, or turn your cheek towards someone or lift your nose up towards someone who you think is less than you because you never know what that person could teach you. So the guest that I have this evening is Miss Tiamani Narev. She is 40 years old. She has five biological children and five stepchildren. Currently, she's working as a home health aide, but in the past, she's been trained to be a nurse. She's worked as a housekeeper, and she's been a secretary. She's worn many hats in this life. She's a widow who has survived cancer three times. She's had a heart attack, lost her children in foster care when she was much younger, lost the opportunity to be a nurse when she was much younger. She states, I didn't learn how to be an adult until I was much older. But now I think I'm learning this long path called life. She currently has three children in the home that are on medication, and she also works seven days a week and finds that doing these things brings her great joy. So it's my pleasure to introduce Mrs. Tiamani Nare. Thank you so much for being on the show tonight. How are you? I'm fine. How are you, Dr. Gilmore? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. First off, just thank you so much for sharing your story. Um, I think that takes a lot of courage to be able to do so. And, and I'm sure you'll, you'll help somebody, you know, this evening with just telling your story. So I definitely appreciate that. Could you tell the listeners just a little bit of a background about yourself? Well, I grew up in a small town. Um, I grew up pretty much normal. You know, I had normal parents. They pushed us to go through school, excel, get good grades, go to college. My parents separated early when I was, you know, young. My mom married, my dad didn't. Um, we lived kind of a very background, so we got to know a lot of different people. Uh, we got we got a lot of advantages that some other people may have not had. So we went to college and we did what we had to do. And <laughs> It seemed like everything was okay, but, you know, we had normal struggles like normal people. I went mm -hmm. to college. Um, I came to Cincinnati to go to college. I didn't grow up here. Okay. I grew up in Virginia, Ohio. Yeah. I came to Cincinnati to go to college. I started in college when I think I was maybe 18. I didn't finish in college till I was 25. I got distracted during college. Mm -hmm. I um, decided that I didn't want to be... Uh, just educated anymore. I wanted to do something different with my life. So I stopped going to school for a while and started just hanging out. Mm -hmm. for more, more or less for about two or three years. I traveled the state. Um, I kept jobs. You know, I worked as, I worked in banks. I worked in hotels. I worked as a housekeeper. I did a whole lot of different things. Mostly I worked as a nurse's aide in a lot of different nursing homes. I like taking care of people. I always like taking care of people. I didn't have children yet, so I had a lot of free time. Then I went back to college, but I met the man that I would spend most of my future with during that period of time. I graduated from college and went on to, I, I got a degree in nursing and went on to strive to get my license, which I did. 
But by then, I was wrapped up in life with this man. And I mm-hmm. decided that the street life was what I wanted to do. And mm. um, committed a crime, went to jail, and lost everything I worked very hard for. By the time mm. that happened, I'd had two children. I'd been diagnosed with cancer the first time. Um, I had a tumor in my upper thigh. I went to the doctor for something totally different. I went to the doctor because I wasn't feeling well. And I couldn't keep missing school without getting a doctor's note. So I went to the doctor to find out why I wasn't feeling well. And uh, they told me I had an infection and I was admitted to the hospital. And I felt like I was in the hospital too long and asked to leave against medical advice. And so I did. And on the way out, I was at Christ Hospital. The lady said, by the way, you have a tumor in your upper mm. thigh. We saw it on the CAT scan. You may want to get that checked out. Wow. And so I didn't know what to do. I was um, 21. I was 21 years old. I didn't know what to do. I was in Cincinnati with my older sister, and I told her. I called home, and I told my mom. And my mom said, well, Cincinnati has the best cancer center. Call them. And I did. I called the Barrett Center, and we did all the tests, and then we went, and we had surgery. And I was down for about a year. I had to learn how to walk. I went home. I didn't stay in Cincinnati for that. I did. I went home. My mom took care of my kids during that period of time and helped me get back up on my feet. And then I came back. And when I came back, I had a different perspective. Um, I don't know. I think maybe I was really, really reckless because I was young. And it was unbelievable to me that I'd been sick and that I'd survived this. I maybe felt invincible. Um, I just started really not focusing on what I needed to do and just doing what I wanted to do. I was convicted of burglary because Mm. I lost my temper. I'm going to tell that story because I want people to understand that sometimes a couple of seconds can change your life. Definitely. So I was at home. Mm Mm-hmm. I was That's at home. So I lived in a large apartment complex here in Cincinnati. And there was a young lady that had been in the foster care system. And, well, actually, how about, um, I was how, about we, how about we do that in the next segment? Because I want you to be able to fully tell the story. So we're going to take a break right now because I think that's a good way place to take a break so you can talk about that in the next segment. Um, it's time for us to take a break. I'm Dr. Raina Gilmore, and you're listening to Interconnected. We're coming to you live from the BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. And when we come back, we are going to continue to talk about your life. Stay tuned. The earliest human societies worshipped a female goddess. Little is known about this time because we did not always have a written recorded history. It was around 3100 BC when the Sumerians invented the first written language and everything that preceded this time is prehistory. The prehistorical record includes all of women's unwritten history from 30,000 BC to the time that men began achieving political power around 3000 BC. Male feminist artist Kimberly Berg maintains a strong position in educating and inspiring both men and women through his devotional art to the goddess in all women. Studying their history is paramount to understanding who women were and who they would become later living in a patriarchal society. To learn more about this important time in our history, go to www.isisrising.net. 
Do you ever wonder why certain things are happening in your life? How to start a business or a new direction? Need answers? Astrologer Bonnie Perbula can help you reveal your true self and gain strength and focus so you can achieve greater joy and success. Working with a natal birth date, time, and location, Bonnie brings out qualities to aid you in getting the best from your life. She can help you unlock dormant traits to bring you greater awareness. Bonnie also conducts public speaking engagements to educate aspiring astrologers on their journey to the stars. A gifted artist, Bonnie bridges her talents and recently launched a line of Astro Bears, uniquely created in colors of individuals' astrology charts. She also makes one-of-a-kind necklaces of crystal beads and woven thread. To learn more about the world of Bonnie Prabula, go to BonnieGPrabula.com. And for astrology consulting, visit AstrologyConsultants.com or call or email her at 808-526-1536 or BonnieGP at AOL.com. Hello, welcome everyone. I'm your host, Dr. Raina Gilmore, and this is Interconnected. We're on the BBM Global Network, TuneIn Radio, and iHeart Radio. If anybody has any questions, the phone number to call in is 866-451-1451. Again, that's 866-451-1451. It is World Mental Health Day, and this evening I have the pleasure of having special guests, Ms. Tiamani Narad. And in the last segment, she was t- talking about giving us some background about herself and telling us about her. I think you were 21 at this point where you uh, left off and you yeah. went. And I wanted you to talk about um, the burglary that you were. So you can go ahead and, and uh, continue on with that. Okay. So um, I was living in a large apartment complex. And there was a, a young lady that lived in the same complex. She was um, 18. She had just aged out of the foster care system. And I was a little older, so I was trying to help her, thinking I knew everything. And uh, I was doing her hair one day. Mm-hmm. I was pregnant. And I got up to go to the restroom because I was pregnant. You know, you take frequent restroom breaks. So I was halfway done doing her hair. And she got up and left. When I came out the restroom, my house was empty. Wow. Well, I started checking around to see if there were things missing. You know, you look for your money, and you look for this, and you look for that. I didn't see anything missing, so I went on with my day. Later on, I went to get my daughter dressed to leave, and she had some valuables. She had gotten some jewelry for her birthday, um, for her first birthday. And when I went to put in her earrings, they were gone, and the ring was gone, and the necklace was gone. Mm-hmm. At that point, I went to this young lady's house, and I was knocking on her door. And I could hear her inside, but she did not answer the door. So I told her through the door to let me in, or else I was going to kick in her door, which I did. So I kicked in her door, and I fought her because I was upset. I lost my temper, and Mm -hmm. I didn't think this through. I didn't call the police. She did. And when she called the police, they came, and they got me. And I wasn't charged with assault. I wasn't charged with fighting her or anything like that. I was charged with burglary because I came in through her door without permission. That is a felony, too. Oh, wow. Even though you it didn't take party. anything. Yes. Wow. It's a felony, too. And it is hard to get it off your record. And it is something oh, yeah. that you cannot have and maintain any type of professional license. So right, right. Um, that immediately changed my life. Mm-hmm. It changed my life dramatically. I spent the next four months in jail. I got out of jail. 
two weeks before I was supposed to have my son, and I was out on bond. I was not completely out. Um, I still had to go to court. When I went to court, I got a continuance um, until after I had the baby. When I went back to court, I didn't have anybody to watch my kids. My family was pretty upset with me by this time because my life had taken a dramatic turn that nobody, no one in my family expected it to take. Mm. And so I was at court with the baby. The judge took great mercy on me and sentenced me to five years probation with $6,000 restitution, which I, I did successfully and I paid off, but I want people to understand the magnitude of what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. From that moment on, I could not be gainfully employed. Yes, I could be employed. I could work at factories and I could do jobs that would not pay me enough to be able to take care of my family, but I could not be gainfully employed or do anything that I worked hard to do. And I had student loans to pay for the education that I got. So for the next few years, I just kind of, I floated around. I, um, got deeper involved in the street life with this guy, floated around. Um, I was being, I was, it was not a good relationship to be in. I was not being physically abused, but I was being emotionally abused and cheated on and everything that was possible, everything you expect to come with a, with a guy that is in the streets, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but for years I didn't see that. I was just so in love that my life was devoted to this pursuit. And then, um, and there just came a day that it was, I was growing up. He was going back and forth to jail. I was taking care of these children by myself. And I just realized that it couldn't go on like this. But I had not yet learned to live on my own because I never had. I moved from my parents' house to my sister's house, briefly to my house, but then I moved this man in. So when I left that relationship, I almost immediately got into another relationship. And in this situation... I had two small children. Um, I hadn't become sick yet again, but I was not mentally okay at all. Uh, I had just gotten out of the last situation and I jumped in with both feet. Mm. This situation turned out to be an 11 year abusive relationship, but it began Simply as a blind date with a man that said that he wanted all the same things I wanted in life. Wow. I didn't know that this man had a whole other family and that he was also abusing this other woman that he was involved with. And I didn't know it for a year. I wasn't abused for a year. I want people to know that for those of us that asked that question, how could she stay with this man after? Um... I find usually the man that is abusive doesn't hit the woman right off. It takes a little time. They ease into it. They want you to be in love with them so that the first time they hit you, they can tell you how sorry they are and you believe it. By the third time they hit you, you don't believe that they won't hit you anymore. But you do believe that they're sorry. And typically women that stay in those relationships think that that, that we can fix them. Mm. You can't. You can't fix them. All you can do is really, really destroy yourself in the process. Okay, so two years into that relationship, I 
lost my kids for the first time. And when I say lost my kids, I didn't. They were not taken from me. I just realized that I was not mentally fit, not in a good, stable place, not capable of taking care of them. So at that point, I called my sister and told her that I'm not mentally fit, not capable of taking care of my children, and I don't want to let my life impact theirs. And she came and took them. And she had them for a period of probably two years. And um, I would visit, but I just wasn't that everyday mom that they needed. I wasn't I wasn't even consistent with my visits. Got you. And I'm going to stop you right there. Um, and then we'll talk about kind of what effect that had on, on you, you know, as well as your children um, in the next segment. So it's time for us to take a break. I'm Dr. Raina Gilmore. You are listening to Interconnected, coming to you live from the BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. And when we come back, we're going to continue to talk to Mrs. Narit about her journey. We'll be right back. Essential Nutrients LLC is the brainchild of entrepreneur Barbara Burns. Inspired by a desire to help others, Barbara worked with a team of scientists to develop unique nutritional liquid supplements with the goal to improve the quality of your life. Glucosamine, zinc, and calcium are essential to well-being, and this is the focus of Essential Nutrients LLC. Whether you're a professional athlete, weekend warrior, student, business owner, or homemaker, Essential Nutrients offers products for everyone, including the family pet. And they're easy to take, no pills. Health requires commitment, exercise, a good diet, proper supplementation, and action. So take action today and get your supply of essential liquid nutrients by visiting www.essential-liquids.com. Don't put off your health any longer. Take essential products today and start to measure the difference. Hello, everybody. This is Coach Betty Louise, and I have a question for you. When is the last time you looked in the mirror and saw your amazing beauty and sexuality? 80% of women do not have a positive body image. 97% of women do not like something about their bodies and over 10 million women have eating disorders. In addition, at least 40% of women are sexually repressed and one in seven marriages are sexless. I've just completed a book called Healing with Pleasure Medicine. What I will teach you is what gets in the way of your ability to see your beauty, sensuality, and sexuality. How to shift your perception to increase pleasure throughout your entire day. Okay, the place to find all of this information is CoachBettyLive.com. One more time, CoachBettyLive.com. Look forward to connecting. Hello, welcome everyone. I'm your host, Dr. Raina Gilmore, and you are listening to Interconnected. We're on the BBM Global Network, TuneIn Radio, and iHeartRadio. If anybody has any questions, the phone number to call in is 866-451-1451. Again, that's 866-451-1451. It's World Mental Health Day, and I have special guest, Ms. Tiamani Narit, and she is telling us her very inspirational story story which takes a lot of courage so I'm just gonna allow you to go ahead and continue on with your story 
as I was saying, I wasn't a very consistent parent at this point in time in my life. And um, things were never, I should say my sister and I always had a bit of a contentious relationship. She's my older sister. Mm-hmm. She always wanted me to do better. And I always wanted her to leave me alone, you know, you know, sibling things. Right. <laughs> so we, we all, there was always a bit of a pull between us. So now I have given her my children, but I'm not being the parent I need to be. So there, there, there comes this point when she, when she puts these stipulations in place and sets up these rules and starts making it difficult for me to see my children. So we really become more combatants than family at this point. Okay. Um, it goes issue I at that point my life felt like I really had nobody it felt like everyone was on my sister's side and nobody could see what I was going through of course understand I was in a constant state of depression a state of fear my entire family knew I was being abused I'm only telling people how it felt to me because mm-hmm. now looking back hindsight I know that they were protecting my children and mm-hmm. they were doing what they had to do to protect my children. But in that moment, it did not feel like that. It felt like there was no reason to protect my children from me. I would never hurt my children. I gave them to you so they wouldn't be hurt. That did right. not mean keep me away from my children. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So and that's family, too. Time, so you wouldn't think that would happen with family, you know? Well, With that being your sister, I mean, right? Yeah, it is my sister, and it is family, but right. in all honesty, now that, you know, let, let, let's just be honest that during this period of time, I wasn't sober at all either. Like, okay. there was a lot going on in my life. So I can say, during this period of time, you can you can see that when you're when you're wrapped up, you can't really see what's going on. So, right. Right. yeah, I may have said, no, I, I, can't, I can't expect family, but... Me at 40, me now, I would expect no less of her. Anybody that would have been a danger to my children, you were supposed to keep away, even if right. it was me. Right. If I was right. the and I was, that and was I was saying, them, That's and... what I was saying, like that you would expect <laughs> them. So it's surprising, you know, you get surprised that they would try and keep your children away from you. And that's exactly how I felt. I felt like I gave them to you so the courts wouldn't take them away. And you're not supposed to keep them from me. You're not supposed to give me rules. I'm supposed to be running this. However, I'm not doing anything that a parent would do. And I mean nothing. Like, I was inconsistently giving money only when she asked. I wasn't showing up for my kids. Like, I would show up when I felt like it. It wasn't as if they were a priority in my life. I had other things going on. And that's no. just my truth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, but there came a point, I guess, when my sister realized that if things kept going the way they were going, that's just how they would be. The courts had gotten involved. JFS had gotten involved by now because she had involved the courts, and they were saying, no, you can't give her kids back. You can't do this because she's not stable. Um, Me and my sister were literally enemies. I hated her because I felt like she'd involved all these people, and this is what I was trying to avoid. Um, so one day she just knocked on my door and when I opened the door, she dropped the kids off with all their oh. stuff. And I was in the front room and I was flabbergasted and I was like, what is going on? Mm-hmm. And she just looked at me and she was like, um, these are your kids, not mine. 
You asked me to help you. That's what I was trying to do. And you have given me nothing but headache and heartache since. Raise your own children. And that day, that very day, it dawned on me that I did ask her to do me a favor. And all of this mm-hmm. was a favor that she was doing me. And I had literally dragged her for doing something for me. Like she taken on my responsibilities. And I never thought about it like that, you know. Right, These right. are my God's gifts. These are not the responsibilities that five minutes ago I couldn't handle. You know, like, mm-hmm. so, um, mm-hmm. in that moment, it really sat on me that, okay, these are your responsibilities. This is what you have to do. But realize she dropped these kids off. I have no income. I am not doing anything with my life in this moment. I'm not striving to do anything because I'm just in utter depression. And I have, I don't know which way to turn so mm. I just sat. I didn't know what to do. I waited on other people to help me out of this situation. There was nobody to help me, of course, because I was an adult and I was a mother. These were my children. Right. And in the meantime, I was still being abused. Mm. So now, um, oh, by the way, I was in the Lighthouse program. From the time that I was 21 to the time that I was, I'd say I'm 24 now. And explain what the Lighthouse program is to people. Okay, so at that time, I was in a program called Lighthouse Youth Services Transitional Living. They'd help me find an apartment, and they were teaching me how to live independently. They were helping me with my bills, helping me with my furniture, any major crisis that come up in my home, I could call my case manager and she would come help me. But there were rules to follow. There were guidelines that you had to do. You had to be looking for a job. You had to be getting a job. You had to be paying your part of the rent. You had to not have men living with you. And you had to be taking care of your children. I was following none of these rules. Okay. We're going to take a break right there. And then you you can continue on in the next segment. Uh, It's time for us to take a break. I'm Dr. Raina Gilmore, and you're listening to Interconnected, coming to you live from the BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. And when we come back, we're going to continue to listen to this phenomenal story. Stay tuned. Animal lover, author, artist, and public speaker, Patricia Daly Life is a Renaissance woman in her own right. A lover of animals from a young age, Patricia lives on a farm in Virginia and has rescued neglected thoroughbred horses, keeping them or finding them safe havens. She is also a published author, and her books document real-life experiences that she shares in her passionate stories, taking the reader around the world in a colorful kaleidoscope of life. An accomplished artist, Patricia Daly Life's oil paintings feature animals, portraits, stills, nature, and abstract, and she allows the brush to paint the image in an organic, natural way. A public speaker, Patricia is motivated to continually wonder about life and advocates for all of us to do the same and document our own unique history. To learn more about Patricia Daly Life, visit www.literarylady.com and www.patricialife.com or email her at pdlife at gmail.com. Hi, my name is Myra Fox and I am a survivor. 
I am the founder of the Castle Lewis I Survived Foundation and the author of a series of books entitled I Survived the Murder Untold, which tells the story of my sister and I who were abandoned and left in the care of a woman who beat us repeatedly. Unfortunately, it resulted in the death of my sister, Castle Lewis, which is revealed in a page-to-page -page chilling story. After spending time in the foster care system, I've documented my suffering and my loss and ultimately my survival. I'm blessed to work daily in my community and surrounding areas to give back by helping others and feeding the homeless. I want to spread awareness of the dangers of abuse. You can purchase my books and contribute to the Castle Lewis I Survive Foundation by visiting www.castlelewis.com or you can call us at 540-999-8401. Thank you. Hey guys, I'm Dr. Raina Gilmore and you are listening to Interconnected from the BBM Global Network, TuneIn Radio and iHeartRadio. It is World Mental Health Day and I have the pleasure of having special guest, Ms. Tiamani Narit, and she is telling us her very great, inspirational, compelling story. Um, so I'd like to, you know, for her to continue to tell it. Um, I did want to say I did have a, a couple of questions from a listener, um, which I think you're going to answer as you go, continue to restore it, but I just wanted to say what the questions were. The first question is, how did you come to find a way out of your situation? And the next question is, how did you deal with losing your way? So I think as you continue on with your story, um, that, that will be revealed. So floor is yours. Okay. I will answer one of those right now, just so people understand that when I was losing my way, when I was in that process, when my world was spinning out of control, I didn't deal with it at all. It mm. was just out of control for years. So I don't want anybody to feel like if you feel like you've lost your way that you're supposed to like be able to deal with it right now. It It is a process and it takes help. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But, um, <clears throat> okay. So, oh, so we're at the point where my lighthouse case manager has come to confront me. She has been telling me for months to get my stuff together, that I'm a much better person than this, that I should be excelling in this program because I'm more intelligent than what I'm doing to myself. But at this point, the lighthouse is tired of me and it is above her head that I can no longer be in the program. So I've been kicked out of the program. And once I've been kicked out of the program, I don't have a place to stay. So we now enter the years where I in, in shelters, I went to um, the battered women's shelter because I was battered at that time. I just happened to have a black eye, and I used that as a way to get in. Um, it wasn't that I wanted help to get away from this man because at this time, I was still fully committed to um, this relationship, and I was clearly being beaten. Mm -hmm. But I did take my kids, and I went to the shelter, and I used the assistance to get a place, um, we got a place down in Northside. It was a house. Um, I had gotten Section 8, but unfortunately, when I moved into the house, I left the guy, mm -hmm. um, said that I wanted to start fresh, and moved into this house, and then the house was infested with roaches and rats, and I didn't know what to do. Mm. So I let the guy come back. 
Yeah. Because um, that's just what, at this point, what I was doing in life. And it just got really, really bad. I got pregnant with the first child I had with this man. And um, it just got too bad for me. He wasn't hitting me while I was pregnant, but he was talking to me and I was trapped and it was too much. So I left. I completely left Cincinnati. I went to Middletown to stay with my grandmother. I needed to get away. This man followed me out of town <laughs> and yeah. drove around Middletown until he saw me at a gas station one day and followed me back to my grandma's house. I figured for my family, so I came back to Cincinnati with him. Mm. I, at this point, started working at um, for, as housekeeping. And my sister was dating someone, and she said that she wanted me to meet someone that had a healthy dynamic. And she knew a guy that was a strong man like I wanted, but that would never hit me. And so I was looking for anything to change my life at this point. Right. And, um, and so I went with her to a party, and I met my husband. And he wasn't my husband yet, but he would be. Right, right. He was everything that I knew could change my life. He was just, you know, like everything that I could possibly ever want in a man. So I started dating. He was a Christian. He went to work every day. He didn't drink. He had all these great outstanding qualities, and he was a gentleman. And so um, we started dating. The guy hit me. I put him in jail. Um, I dated my husband for six months, and then we got married. Okay. When I got married, I found out that my husband was not a Christian at all. He was Mm. Muslim. He had an alcoholism problem, and he could be controlling at times because of his culture. And so, um, me being the person that I was, I was not willing to deal with that because I just didn't deal with things in life, and I left. I got an apartment in Price Hill, and I hid, and um, I took the guy back when he got out of jail. So, I stayed there with my kids. Um saw this guy infrequently. My husband did everything in his power to take care of us and get us back home. I allowed that to go on until one day the guy came over, grabbed me, took me, put me in the car, took me where he wanted to take me, and when I came home, my kids were not home. Hmm. There was a note on my door from the landlord told me to call her. And when I did, she came back with the children and told us that we would wait there for the police and JFS. JFS took my children at that point. My children were gone for five years, but here's where life changed. This is when I found a way from being lost. When JFS took my children, they 
set up a structured plan where I could see them once a week. The first thing they told me was that I had to go to rehab and that I could not be with this man. Hmm. Now we'll take a break there. Let's reprocess that. I'm Dr. Raina Gilmore. You're listening to Interconnected, coming to you live from the BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. And when we come back, we're going to continue to hear this compelling story. We'll be right back. Intergenerational programming is uniting America due to the tireless efforts of Dr. Ramona Frischman. Retired from the Miami-Dade County Public School System, Dr. Frischman continues to develop intergenerational learning programs aimed to improve the lives of children, young adults, and seniors through unique strategies and public policy in order to establish a mutually supportive agenda. She views intergenerational programs as a resource for policymakers and the general public on economic, social, and personal initiatives that govern our society. Her work bridges the generational gap, providing many individuals the opportunity to explore areas of common ground and celebrate each other's diversity. Contact Ramona Frischman at RamonaLong at AOL.com or visit www.gu.org to learn more about intergenerational programming. My Dreams, My Challenges, and Joys is an inspiring book by author Linda Genazzo. This real-life account of raising a child with autism from birth to adulthood takes you on a journey of compassion, love, and hope as it tells the incredible story of a devoted family and their beloved daughter. Together, they faced adversity and never stopped believing they would find the help they were seeking. A breast cancer survivor, Linda Genazzo has a giving heart. With a background in social work with the mentally ill and the homeless, Linda continues to help families in her community. And her book, My Dreams, My Challenges and Joys, brings greater awareness to autism and those families in need. To purchase your copy, visit www.lindagenazzo.com. It's also available on Amazon.com and BarnesandNoble.com. Don't delay. Get your copy today. You are listening to Interconnected, and I'm your host, Dr. Raina Gilmore. We're on the BBM Global Network, TuneIn Radio, and iHeartRadio. It is World Mental Health Day, and also Domestic Violence Awareness Month, among uh, other awareness months. And I have the pleasure of having special guest, Tiamani Narid, who is courageous enough to share her story with us. Um, before you continue on with your story, I just wanted to... Uh, read a meditation message um and it is it is being honest about my pain that makes me invincible and that's by Nayira Wahid and I I picked that uh message because you know we all go through our struggles and and we all go through some type of pain and you know she is like I said courageous enough to tell us her story and all the pain, both mental and physical, that she went through. But the fact that she's talking to us about it shows how honest she is. And she's 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 come to grips with her pain, and she's honest with her pain. And because of that, it makes her invincible because you can't use that against her. So 
that's why I chose that uh, message. But you continue on with your story. So Jared is telling me, um, you have to leave this man and you have to go to rehab. And, um, you know, I was prideful and these are my kids and you can't tell me what to do. And how can you tell me what to do with my kids and trying to control the situation? Cause I, I'd always been trying to control everything and it never worked. So I went mm-hmm. to rehab and I got put out like, I went to rehab. I found out I was pregnant. Um, <laughs> well, that's the story. I found out I was pregnant. Um, I got scared. I asked JFS what I needed to do to keep this baby. And they gave me a list of things I needed to do, which I did. I'm not going to give you the list or, and I did it. But at the end of the pregnancy, um, I got put out of rehab for fighting, not for using, because at this point, I am now sober for the first time since I was a teenager. Because honestly, I started using when I was a teenager. I did it all through college. I did it, you know, as a young adult. That was just the culture where I was growing up. That's what we did. But I am now completely sober for the first time since I'm a teenager. And I'm looking at life completely differently. But I have not yet managed to address the anger that from some of the things that happened to me when I was a young adult. Um, I had not yet addressed the anger from the relationship that I was currently, currently still in because I had not ended it just because they have said that I not addressed a lot of the anger at myself that I had, because when I say I was not a good parent, that does not mean I was not a loving parent. I've loved my children since the day they were born. And I've always, always felt like they were my whole heart. And I've always wanted to protect them. I just was not a good parent. I had no idea how to be a parent. Um, I didn't have any idea how to be an adult or a person, let alone a parent. And so, like I said, I got put out of rehab. I got put out of rehab four times before, and, and in four years, in a four-year period. They'd come to the hospital at the end of this pregnancy and they'd taken um, the baby immediately and I was destroyed. I was back in a shelter. Um, this just completely devastated me. Uh, the JFS worker lied to me when she gave me this list. Her supervisor told me they never had any intention of allowing me to keep that child. This was a flat out lie. I mean, I just, I just want people to know that because they are allowed to. Don't be shocked. Um, and that was just how that went. Um, but that moment changed my life. I got out, I went to the shelter, I got an apartment. Um, I started there. Mm -hmm. I got an apartment. I went to seek help because I felt like there was something obviously wrong with me. I couldn't keep my kids. I couldn't keep a place to live. I was in an abusive relationship. I couldn't make it work with this man that desperately loved me and wanted to take care of me and would never hurt me, but was still waiting for me. Um, and even I, in all my mess, could see that something had to be wrong. So I called um, Greater Cincinnati Behavioral. And I told the lady on the phone what I just told you. 
mm-hmm. there's something obviously wrong with me. And she scheduled an intake appointment for me. At that point, I went to see a psychiatrist, and I told a psychiatrist my whole entire story from beginning to end and everything I felt. They immediately got me some therapy and some medication. I was diagnosed with bipolar, post-traumatic stress disorder, and borderline personality disorder. (coughs) Once they got me on the medications, they started giving me some therapy. I decided to try again to go back to rehab. Because at this point, I'm becoming a more stable person. I'm holding everything down, and I want to get my life together. Right. I'm back in touch with my older sister. She's by now moved to Florida and have been gone for years. But I'm reaching out to my family for help because I see the mess I've made in my life, and I would like to get it back on track. My sister purchased me four tickets to bring my children and come to Florida. That man found out. That man held me hostage in my house over a weekend and beat me for three straight days. My neighbor called the police. The police came through the door and he went to prison. Finally, for a number of years. Mm. And that's how that man left my life. At this point, I'm becoming a healthier person, so there is no other man in my life. But as he left my life, I found out that I was pregnant. Mm. My children are still in JFS custody. My doctor has just told me that they found cancer cells again. And I'm pregnant at 36. My pregnancy is automatically high risk because I'm a cancer patient and because I'm above 35. Everybody is asking me, am I going to carry the pregnancy to term? And I'm questioning it because the last pregnancy I had, JFS took the baby directly from the hospital, and I didn't know if I could survive that again. So I called my stepmother. She lives in Florida with my sister. And she is my prayer partner. And I did not know what to do when I called her and I told her what was going on. And she prayed and she told me everything would be okay. And so I didn't tell JFS I was pregnant. I had already completed rehab by now. I'd been sober for years. I just couldn't complete rehab because I was unwilling to comply with the rules. I kept fighting people. I kept yeah. arguing with people and I kept pulling back. But um, I'm going to stop you there. Let me go ahead and, and go to break on, on that. Um, I'm Dr. Raina Gilmore, and you're listening to Interconnected, coming to you live from the BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. And when we come back, we are going to wrap up. Stay tuned. Global Glory, that's the work of Dr. Marina McLean, COO of Global Glory, whose calling is to serve God. A first-generation British-born Londoner of Jamaican descent, Dr. McLean inherited the hunger for the word from her father, who was a Bible teacher. Growing up, her home was filled with missionaries from the Caribbean islands and America, and she travels the world preaching the gospel. She has a Bachelor of Arts degree in theology and an honorary doctorate of divinity and Christian counseling from Friends International Christian University. Dr. McLean is also a songwriter and recording artist, and her songs are written during summits and conferences in the presence of God. 
She's recorded three worship albums to date and is in ministry for 28 years alongside her husband, Dr. Rennie McLean, who shares her passion. Visit www.globalglory.org or on Facebook at Global Glory. Call 866-244-5679 and feel the glory. MJ Domit is the owner of Expect to be Empowered, a company whose specialty is empowering people to live their best life by following their heart and accepting themselves unconditionally. After studying and making personal changes, MJ now focuses on giving others tools for self-empowerment. She provides individual and group workshops for people who are physically, emotionally, and spiritually blocked. Inspired by her work at Expect to be Empowered, MJ authored the book Waves of Blue Light, Heal the Heart and Free the Soul with accompanying empowerment cards. She is a Spirit Book of the Year Gold Medal Living Now Book Award winner. And her book is a number one Amazon bestseller in spirituality and was a 2012 gold medal winner recognized as the Living Now Spirit Book of the Year. An inspirational speaker, MJ will show you how you can repurpose every area of your life. Your life did not just happen to you. You chose it, which means you can change it. Visit www.expecttobeempowered.com or call 866-264-8024. Hello. Welcome, everyone. I'm your host, Dr. Raina Gilmore, and you are listening to Interconnected. We're on the BBM Global Network, TuneIn Radio, and iHeartRadio. It's World Mental Health Day and Domestic Violence Awareness Month. And this evening, I've had the pleasure of having special guest, Ms. Tiamani Narid. And if you could just kind of wrap up your your story and just kind of talk about some things you've learned from this experience, from your life experience. Yeah. Yes. So um, basically, the the end of the story is I just firmed up. I grew up very, very quickly in nine months because I had to, to keep the Mm -hmm. baby that I was having and to get the rest of my children back. I didn't have a choice. So um, I just became very compliant very quickly. I realized that it wasn't my will. I would just have to do what I had to do and be an adult, do whatever I had to do to get my kids back. What I learned was that it takes a village. Nobody can do this by themselves. And if you harbor anger, anger and you live your life an angry life, as I did, I lived an angry life. Everything was a reaction to something. You can't get anywhere like that. There's nothing wrong with seeking therapy. There's nothing wrong with taking medication. No one says you have to take medication forever. I don't take medication anymore. Um, And that's because my doctor told me not to, not because I just chose not to. I came to a point when the doctor felt like medication wasn't necessary and medication wasn't helping. I needed therapy. I do continue in therapy. I suggest for everyone to get therapy, whether you feel like you need it or not, we all need someone to talk to. And that's the best way to get help, just to talk to someone. If you're talking to your neighbor, talk to someone. Tell someone what you're going through because you never know who can help you. You can find help anywhere and never feel like you're out here alone. You never know who cares. I care about everyone and I don't even know you, but I want everyone to live a happy life. I know that I was not the best person in the beginning of my life, but I feel like I'm living the best way I possibly can now. I live every day for my children. My children take medication, they go to therapy, they have many, many appointments they need to be gone to. I'm there for all of that, as well as keeping a job. And I'm proud that I can do that now because there was a time in my life when I couldn't do one of those things, let alone all of those things. But it was a process that did not happen overnight. It was very recent, as a matter of fact. As I said, when I was younger, I was not the greatest person because I didn't know how to be. 
sometimes it's a learning process and we have to learn how to be adults because nobody really tells us how and there's no schedule for that the sooner would be the better but i think i learned right in time for me and my children Mm -hmm. i couldn't have said it better myself i mean like i said you can learn from anyone you definitely can learn from anyone and I truly, truly, truly appreciate you. I mean, it, it takes a whole lot of courage to to tell this story, and, and I'm sure it has inspired a lot of people. I've been getting messages as, in, you know, it's inspiring, so I know it has inspired people. Um, it inspired me, which is why, you know, I had you to come on to the show. So, um, and can you, can you update uh, people as to what's going on with the cancer diagnosis? So let's talk about that. <clears throat> So eight months ago, I was dying, diagnosed with cancer, bone cancer, um, chemotherapy wasn't working, radiation wasn't working. Um, me and my kids were actually reaching out to everybody's social worker, making plans for what was going to happen with the kids because the doctors knew that mm -hmm. I was not going to make it. Um, I went against every protocol, asked for another medication, always get a second opinion, always fight for your rights. I took the other medication and I am still here and cancer free. So make amen, sure you investigate every option. Don't just take people's words for it. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for entering this journey of the mind, body and spirit with me. Have a great week and please stay connected. Thank you. Take care. You've been listening to Interconnected with Dr. Raina Gilmore. Join the conversation each week as Dr. Raina explores the mind, body, soul, and spirit connection. Take a journey that will lead you to a path of healing, learning, and how to cultivate and manage your life here on Dr. Raina's Interconnected. You've been listening to the BBM Global Network. The ideas, views, and opinions of this broadcast are those of the participants of the program and are not necessarily the ideas, views, and opinions of the BBM Global Network Company. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com/audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com/audio. That's carshield.com/audio.